today we are here with Hannah. Hello. And Nancy. Hello. And we are going to dive into the world of cosplay. Steven Yay. is currently on his move the day of recording, so it's a girl's day. Well, he does. He refuses to cosplay anyway, so. <laughs> Very true. There's a lot of people that have tried. We've all tried. <laughs> you need a gateway cosplay, just like a t-shirt and a hat or something. Uh, he would prefer something with khakis, so we have tried to come up with options that involve khakis, and so far it's it's not. We're going to get it to happen one of these days. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I've slowly given up. No one else has, but I'm just like, eh. All right. So let's start with Hannah. You are returning to us, so you've been on before, but let's have a reminder of where we can find you on the socials and your house and favorite character. Absolutely. I'm Hannah W. Cosplay on Instagram and Facebook, and I am a Gryffindor and um, a Thunderbird. And your favorite character? This is a very hard question for me because I think it changes with my mood. But um, right now, I am living for Minerva McGonagall and all things McGonagall. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, McGonagall today. <laughs> we could use a little McGonagall. Oh yeah, I can see yeah. that. I can see that. <laughs> uh, I'm Nancy Basile. I am also a Gryffindor. And I am the, what is it called? Is it Horned Serpent? Mm-hmm. Yes. And my favorite character, I always say that it's lame. I guess it's not lame, but it's Harry. I always kind of related to how he was a hothead and just ran in and did stuff without thinking about it enough. <laughs> and uh, I always, I don't know, I've always felt like I could relate to him in those ways. Yeah. And where can we all find you on the social medias? I am plus size nerd everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Amazing. One of the things is like everyone, whoever, like when Harry is the character, they kind of always have that phrasing like, well, it's not the, it's my favorite. (laughs) But the thing is that the people that love Harry have reason behind it. It's not just like, oh, he's the lead character. It's unless you're like under the age of six, <laughs> there's always like significant always reason. reason. Like the yeah, kids are always absolutely. like, I love Harry. But <laughs> that makes me feel better because yeah, I always feel like I have to qualify that statement because it's not as interesting as some obscure, oh. you know character somewhere oh i understand that uh, hermione <laughs> is one of my top favorite characters and i always feel like that's a cop out as well when <laughs> when you're a woman saying hermione is your favorite character people are like of course it is but i have significant reasons for feeling that way as well like i said it kind of depends on where i am in my reread of the mm. series and the mood i'm in who's my favorite character day to day do you just read continuously like putting it down and picking it up or do you pick it like you start off every year rereading or something like that? It's kind of a continuous thing. I'm always somewhere in the middle of a reread. Mm. Um, And some of it I might read like three books in a row. 
And there were, I might go months between books, but I'm always somewhere in the middle of a reread hmm. or a listen. Cause I like Same. to listen to them on audible as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love listening. Do you prefer Jim Dale or Stephen Fry? That's a very difficult question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I like them both. Yeah, um, it is. A good- um, the um, insane British television buff in me leans to Stephen <laughs> Fry. Uh, <laughs> but I also, I have the Jim Dale versions because that's the typical U.S. version. So I think that's where my answer usually tends to go. It's like, I love Stephen Fry, but I always end up listening to Jim Dale because it's the Audible account. And they're audible. just easier because yeah. that's what I listen to. Like when work gets stressed and like, I just need something to drain out everything around me. Mm-hmm. It's easy because I can still focus on work and I don't lose where I am in a story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's because I'm sure y'all are probably this way as well. I've read or listened to them so many times that I could probably quote it all word for word. So if I get a little distracted, it doesn't take away from it as a new book might if I was listening yeah. to it. Yeah. I used to read and reread them when I would stay up at night feeding my babies. And I'd be up all night at night. So I would just read and read and read and read and read. And this was before they were all out also. So I would only be able to get so far (laughs) and then have to think about when the next one was coming out. And it was like, it was kind of like comfort food. Like you're saying, like you can listen to it and, you know, kind of hop in and out of it. It was like that for me too. And, and And it's funny how like certain phrasing sticks with you, like the cadence of certain sentences and stuff. So I found it very absolutely, spooky. but mm-hmm. that's also what makes me an angry movie watcher sometimes <laughs> because I'm like, they would not have said it like that. Oh, oh and, no. I mean, and the, the phrase we all think of when we think of the movies and things that shouldn't have been said that way is Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> I just had someone disagree with me on Facebook and say that they preferred Michael Gambon to Richard Harris. And I was like, who are you? You can't possibly be a real fan. Outwardly said that I, that Harris is my favorite when I was at the studio tour and I had done the, I had splurged and done the individual tour with like the guide and he like starts defending (laughs) and he's like, well, the reason why he acted that so differently. I'm like, no, don't don't try. Don't challenge me. Now, if you've listened, and our listeners will know, Stephen's biggest thing is favorite Dumbledores, and he is on board with you so much. I know. <laughs> so he has very strong opinions. <laughs> he does, and I find them um, entertaining. <laughs> so, Nancy, let's start with how you've kind of found Harry Potter, and like, what's your Harry Potter origin story? Um, I probably have a different story than you guys, because I suspect I'm quite a bit older, but I remember when the books were coming out, the first inkling I had of it was a joke on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I believe it was season six when Michelle Trachtenberg joined. She was Buffy's little sister and she said something about Hogwarts. And then someone said something about Harry Potter. And I thought, what the heck are they talking about? Because I wasn't a kid. I didn't know. And then there was all this hype, 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 hype. And when something is super hyped like that, 
I tend, it turns me off. And I was like, ugh, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not falling for that or whatever. Then the movie came out and my parents wanted to see it, my mom and my stepfather. So I was like, ah, I'll go, whatever. It's Thanksgiving, you know, sure. And I fell in love with the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what, what have I been missing? So immediately after that, my husband and I were taking a trip to Rome for my first, our first anniversary. And so I bought all the books that were out at the time. And I think at the time there were only the first three when the movie came out, I think, up through Azkaban. And I tore through them, just tore through them. And I, that was it. I was just hooked from there. I was sold. I, I just, oh my gosh, I fell in love with it so much. And it's just, it's a part of my everyday life now. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I. I loved it. And luckily, people in my family also loved it because it would it was super weird for me as a grown up to go to like the midnight book releases <laughs> and be all dressed up and people were there with their kids, you know, <laughs> like, OK, lady. <laughs> so it's I just uh, I, that's when I fell in love with it. I like that. I like finding people that have seen the movie first. So like, how did that change your perspective? Do you re like remember reading it after you had seen the movie? Did like anything change? Yes. Well, you know, though, well, of course, I, I love words. So just her turn of phrase and the lyricism of it, you know, I loved her writing. Um, but someone I tried to get someone else to read the first book. And when they read it, they were like, this is so boring. It's exactly what happens in the movie. And I was like, but it's not. <laughs> I'm like, but it's the book. It's not the movie. So whenever I, this, I try not to be snobby, but I've caught myself a couple times when someone will say like, Oh my God, I love Harry Potter. And I'm like, Oh really? Which book is your favorite? Well, I haven't read the books. That always gets me. I'm like, Oh, yes, <laughs> but it, I, I feel that, but I also just appreciate them being there for the, the culture of it all as well. But yes, so I have a friend who, as a 30-something-year-old woman, has never had never read the books or seen the movies, and we have told her that only good girls get to watch the movies, so she can't watch a movie <laughs> until she's read the book. Um, so she just finished Goblet of Fire, and uh, so she got to watch the Goblet of Fire movie because only good girls get to watch the movie. That's actually what I did with my kids. They weren't allowed to see the movie until they read the book. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so I try not to judge. I try not to judge because any anyone who comes to the world and loves it should be embraced. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> kind of like cosplay in general. Very um, anyone who comes to the world of cosplay at whatever skill set and they love it, they should be welcomed in with open arms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do, so do you ever run into, you know, friction where someone is like, but I've, you know, sewn this, I wove the material myself, I made the foam, you who bought your costume, how dare you? I don't know that I run into it as much as I put that pressure on myself. Oh. Um, that if I don't make something, it's, um, less special, mm -hmm. um, or less of the craft. And I think that's maybe mm. just a personal pressure I put on myself because, um, 
a, a huge part of my cosplay family is just incredibly talented um, and are able to make these beautiful garments. And um, so I, I just want to feel like I belong next to them. And that's a mental block that I've had to get over that it's okay to buy pieces of your costume or to buy the whole costume. To, like nobody says that you have to make everything from scratch. Um, but, and so I appreciate the craftsmanship behind other people's cosplays, but you know what? It's all about having fun and enjoying your time with people and, um, and sharing your love of a character or a a book or a movie. And so, uh, but I can, I, there is that kind of push pull of the cosplay subculture of, I think it depends. There's really two sides of it. There's the kind of just the the celebration of the character and the performance aspect of it. And then there is the craft aspect. Um, I was interviewing someone, uh, a cosplayer, and she said, really, if unless it's a competition, you know, where there are strict rules about how much has to be made or bought or whatever, she's like, that in that case, then yeah, you know, that you need to pay attention to that. But she was like, other than that, you know, once you show up, no one knows who made what and who bought what, and they're just happy to see you. <laughs> oh, and if anyone gets up in my seams anyway, like you're too close for comfort. Cosplay is not consent. Don't look at my seams. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Back away. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll I may be one of those people looking at the seams. But that's just because I'm a sewer, so I appreciate stuff like that. Because, like, no, if someone asks, that's different. But if someone's like, oh, can I see how, how'd you put it together? That's different. But, like, because, like, I'm definitely the person that, like, if, like, I'm with someone and they're like, wow, that's an amazing cosplay. And, like, I can just walk by. And because I've grown up around sewing, I'm like, that is handmade. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they made it or if someone else made it, but somebody made that. Somebody (laughs) made that that wasn't store-bought and I could like tell from like walking by and they're like, you're so weird. (laughs) And I, I grew up, my mother's an incredible seamstress um, and made most of my clothes growing up and, and probably every curtain that's ever been in any house we've ever owned. Um, But I'm still a learning seamstress. um, And so that sometimes um, I want things to look better than my ability allow. Um, But I think that it's um, my friends who are more talented than me are very, very supportive. And anytime I start to say, oh, don't, they're like, it's beautiful. And I think that's something that's really great about the cosplay community is it is a very supportive, inclusive community in a lot of ways. Um, So not just, you know, about your abilities, but... um, that's one of the things that fascinates me about the cosplay world is that, you know, you you see so much on the news because, of course, the media loves to take the negative and run with it. So, you you know, you see so much on the news about, you know, nerds attacking nerds and Gamergate and all of this horrible stuff where fandoms get out of control. Um, but in the cosplay community, body types don't matter. Color of your skin doesn't matter. Like you're here for fun. We're here for fun. We want to celebrate the same fan. It's just, it is so positive and supportive. And I haven't run across anyone yet who, you know, would put up walls or boundaries and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm better than you, or you can't do this, or everyone is fantastic. 
Absolutely. I think um, in the cosplay community, but I think specifically in the Harry Potter community, the Harry mm. Potter community is so incredibly supportive of everyone. Um, you know, all fandoms have a different, slightly different community and a different culture aspect. Um, and But I, the Harry Potter community is just the most welcoming um, and just loving community out there. Um, I, I'm not strictly a Harry Potter cosplayer. I, I'm a heavy Doctor Who cosplayer, Marvel, things like that as well. Um, but I would say Harry Potter is where I started. And if um, the community would not have been so amazingly supportive when I put my first costume on, I don't think that that would have been a hobby I would have continued with. Um, yeah. So I, I'm so grateful for this this community. But Who I think was your first. Um, my first ever costume was Tonks at oh, Celebration nice. of Harry Potter 2018 in Orlando. Oh, neat. Um, and it was so much. And then I did a Hermione that weekend as well. Um, but Tonks was my my first. I just called it. I was like, it's just a costume. It's not a cosplay. Because I'm like, I'm not a real cosplayer. <laughs> Someone's like, honey, you put a costume together. You're a cosplayer. I was like, aw. <laughs> So who, Nancy, what was your first costume? Oh, uh, Harry Potter, just uh, Gryffindor robes, tie. I frankly, I don't go too far beyond that. I've worn um, like full on witchy costumes that weren't necessarily like a specific character. Um, I took a trip many years ago to England and Scotland um, on a Harry Potter tour, unofficial Harry Potter tour. This was before like you could actually buy things in stores and go to the tour in, you know, London and all that stuff. There was none of that stuff. So um, we all made our own pretty much. And so we got to go to where they filmed um, where Hagrid's hut had been in Scotland and where they filmed like the kids running down to Hagrid's hut and then part of the forbidden forest in our costumes. And so we took oh, a bunch how of, cool. Yeah. We took a bunch of photos while we were there. Um, and those were just, like I said, like witchy put together your own stuff because unless you, I, I think unless you had that Warner brothers catalog, like you couldn't get anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we live in a world now where it's like, I have so many Harry Potter clothing from so many different like <laughs> outlets. Um, Torrid is like my best friend. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just bought a, a high-low Gryffindor dress from Torrid that I oh, I saw that. It's in my cart. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to run there. It's funny to think about it because like now you really can you walk in Walmart, Target, you find all the things, and like I learned to knit because I couldn't get a scarf. Yeah. <laughs> Your scarves are beautiful too. I want one. I need to commission you to, although it never gets warm, cold enough in North Carolina to wear one. I still need to own one. (laughs) You just have to go somewhere to a convention that's somewhere cold. I know. I could have used it in Boston last year. Oh yeah. And it was cold and rainy there. (laughs) Cold and rainy. It was very British weather. (laughs) It really was. So Nancy, why don't you tell us a little about some of the things you do because you have a blog you have your instagram you have a bunch of things that you do i have a bunch of things when i first started um plus size nerd i originally wanted to just 
like share, you know, Harry Potter clothing, different fandom, Star Wars, you know, Wonder Woman, stuff like that for plus size women, because even though, you know, Tord now exists, thank goodness, it's still sometimes like for specific things can get tough to find things or whatever. But the more I started talking to women who would come to the blog or join my Facebook group, it was about so much more than the clothes. It was about, you know, feeling accepted because when you're plus size, you're kind of outside the mainstream, you know, now, thank God, things are changing a little bit. You know, I can go to Target and see like normal size mannequins and people in ads and stuff, but you're still generally, you know, you're the plus size. <laughs> and then if you're into nerdy things, well, that's like two ways that you are this outcast person. And so I started realizing that a lot of the women that I was corresponding with or talking to on Instagram, they just loved finding other women who were having these sort of unique problems. Like I want to wear thigh savers under my costume at Ren Fair, but I don't know which ones are going to keep me the coolest under all these petticoats, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just become like this really great community. So on YouTube, I do some try on videos because if you're a shopper of Tord, you know, a lot of the stuff isn't carried in stores. So I'll order a whole bunch of stuff and try it on on video so people can see what it looks like, like on a real person. Um, but then I've also started interviewing cosplayers, plus size cosplayers, because again, it's such a positive message that they have. And all of them have some kind of story where cosplay helped them get through something or cosplay drew them out of you know, like a, a shy, quiet space. The one girl I talked to, she's Robin Nerdy Nixon on Instagram. Um, she said that when she's dressed in cosplay, she, you know, she's super confident. She can take on the world. She's super social. But when she's just herself, she's shy. She's insecure. She's, you know, not, not too sure what, <laughs> what to say and things like that. And I just find it so fascinating that these these beautiful women, you know, they have taken a, a confident step forward that they're putting themselves out there and they're saying, yeah, I get it. That anime character is skinny as all get out. But guess what? I love her and I'm going to cosplay as her. I, I just think that's such a positive message. So I've started to put some of those interviews on YouTube so that other women can, you know, get that feeling, that message that they are beautiful too. That's very important to me. Absolutely. And I love the content that you're putting out there. And as a oh, plus, plus size cosplayer myself, it's always, I think sometimes um, it's hard to find our own little niche within the cosplay world. And you really give in uh, plus size cosplayers a very safe space. And um, I really appreciate everything that you do. Um, because as a, as a getting more and more plus size as COVID goes on cosplayer. <laughs> Yeah, we'll all be we'll all be plus size by the end of next year. <laughs> so true. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And I do think that something that I know is really important to me as a plus size cosplayer is I have friends who are like, oh, stop when you say the word plus size. But because they're like, oh, you're beautiful. But to me, owning that term and saying plus size is beautiful is really important. Um, because I think that people think of it as a negative term, like, oh, she's plus size, but no, I'm plus yeah, size. Like, exactly. with that, 
And I, and I think that it's amazing to see more plus size women um, being confident and owning that term and us not letting um, other people make it a negative. Mm-hmm. And especially, like you said, cosplay, how those anime characters are like <laughs> unrealistically proportioned. Nobody's going to look like that unless you have surgery, let's be honest. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't love the character or cosplay it or um, all the yeah. things. So I think cosplay brings a level of confidence to everyone that does it. Mm. Uh, That's funny that you say hopefully. that about the, the negative connotation. I have a funny story. I contacted a woman who had in one of her Instagram posts something like curvy cosplay or something like that mm-hmm. and asked her if she would like to be interviewed. And she told me that I shouldn't contact people out of the blue. She was very offended that uh, I had asked her to be part of a plus size cosplay interview, but then went on to tell me (laughs) that she was all about body positivity and inclusivity. And I said, how are you all about body positivity when you are offended that I called you plus size? Like you're very clearly making that into a bad thing instead of being body positive, like those two things don't go together. But she, uh, she was pretty ticked off. Oh, well, I hate that because I think that, like you said, I think, I think owning terms like that, um, it takes away any negative connotation or negative thing that someone might mean by using it in a different way. And like, yeah, so it's not an insult to me. It's, it's a part of who I am. It's a, categor- um, it's a categorization to me. It's a way to buy clothes that fit. Yeah, it's where I buy clothes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I, and, I must have touched a nerve with her. Yes. Well, and as I think uh, what's important about the community that you're creating as well is, um, as we talked about kind of crafting our own cosplays in the beginning, um, patterns only go to a certain size when you're trying to make something. Um, so being able to reach out to other cosplayers for their tips and tricks on extending a pattern size or things that they do to help make things um, that fit their body better, I think is, is it's been very helpful for me when I'm trying to, I mean, when, if, when a pattern says size 22, it, the measurements are like a store size 14, um, if you compared them, so, um, if you're an actual size 18 or 20 or 22, you're going to be trying to add six to 10 inches to a pattern. Um, and if you don't know how to sew very well, that's really hard. So, um, being able to talk to other people that have gone through that struggle, I think is really important. And so that's something I'm about to make a Halloween costume and I'm going to have to add six, six inches to the pattern. So what's the costume? Can you tell us, or are you keeping it secret for a big reveal? This will oh, release no, after Halloween. So yes. Okay. So, um, it's Dorothy from the wizard of Oz. Aww. Um, but we're doing it just in my neighborhood is having a big block party. And I said that that's what I was going to be. And I've collected neighbors <laughs> to be in my little group. You guys, I, I gotta look to your family for Halloween. 
I got to move to your neighborhoods. You guys have awesome <laughs> neighborhoods. I used to have an awesome neighborhood and then all the cool people, their kids grew up and left. So they left. And now yes. I'm with people that aren't very cool. <laughs> so there probably will not be any content from that costume um, after Halloween, but I plan on, if it turns out well, taking it to KatsuCon. So then you'll see, maybe there'll be some content after that. Awesome. <laughs> so, if cons ever happen again, please. I know. This past weekend was my 50th birthday, and my husband Shush. and I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to own that. That is a little more difficult for me, but I'm trying to own it. But we were supposed to go to Queen City, Virginia, because they have a huge witches and wizards weekend and the whole town shuts down and becomes Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. And I was so excited. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> so yay, 50 for me. Woo. <laughs> Age is just a number once everyone can have a cocktail. That's my <laughs> philosophy on life. Yep. Also my philosophy on dating, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but kind of. So you both have be mentioned like, over here. Anybody want? I'm eligible. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Steven now. I'm looking I've for his Harry Potter Steven. wife. So Hannah, you've mentioned confidence in cosplay and Nancy, you've mentioned finding confidence in the clothes you wear. So let's talk about maybe some tips or encouragement to those people that haven't found that confidence. Like I know I'm one of those people, I'm not comfortable in the clothes I wear. I have a very basic, I wear the same type of shorts in different colors and the same type of t-shirts in different colors. Like, but that's you finding your confidence in a piece of clothing too, though. Um, If I like something, I buy it in every color in like real life. Um, Because if I like how it fits my body, I'm going to own it in every color they make it in. Um, And I think that's a way to find confidence in itself. If you find something you like, then it's your thing and you roll with it. Yeah. I, you know, for a long time, Oh, gosh, I think I was in my early to mid 30s before I finally had a bra that truly fit. Um, I went to a, a boutique that caters mainly to women who've had mastectomies, um, you know, but those women knew bras. I mean, they knew bras and she had me in there trying on all kinds. She knew exactly. And that I've worn the same bra now for a gazillion years because it completely changed my confidence just that one garment. But I will say that it takes work, unfortunately, to find what looks good on you because you can't just grab a cheap t-shirt and a cheap pair of leggings off the old Navy rack and feel fantastic about how you look. You have to really experiment kind of to find things. What I have on right now, (laughs) my daughter makes fun of me. I found these sports skirts on Amazon that are super comfortable, super lightweight. They're very cute and they look great on me. And like you said, I bought five of them. She, yeah, yeah, she jokes that I wear the same one every day. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 they're different. They're different. But I wouldn't have, I don't even remember how I found them. And you kind of have to ignore trends. You kind of, for the longest time as a young woman, I would look at other women and try to think like, do I look like that? you know, is my body shaped like that? Should I wear 
that, and you really can't look at other people. I mean, we all know every woman's body, oh my Lord, like the sizing is crazy because we're all so different. Um, so you kind of have to just go with, you know, you have to try different things and it's really a trial and error. But once you find those things that you feel good about wearing, oh, huge. You know, you, you got to go for the darts and the princess seams. You got to go for the fit and flare. You can't just love a good fit and flare. Love a good fit and flare. Love a you good fit and flare. It's just, it's harder to find those things. But once you do, man, you should just roll with it. And who cares what everybody's wearing this year? Because you probably wouldn't look, you wouldn't feel good about how you would look in it, I should say. Absolutely. And I'm in my early 30s. I can still say that, kind of. Um, uh, <laughs> but I think, um, and I'm, I'm the biggest I've ever been in my entire life, but I'm also probably the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. Um, I've done a lot of work on myself. Um, not, I've gone to a lot of therapy, which I'm a big pr- proponent of. Mm-hmm. That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but I also think that it's figuring out what makes you happy. Um, and whether that is a piece of clothing or a piece of jewelry or the way that you do your makeup or your hair, every person's source of confidence is different. And you just have to try things until you find your own. Um, in my daily life, in my cosplay life, it's all about the wig for me. I don't feel good about myself in a costume until I put the wig on, if I'm real honest. <laughs> um, it's like the hair that I will never have. I like put it on and I immediately want to like do a hair flip. And it, that is what gives me confidence in a costume, in a cosplay, um, for sure. Um, I, but I think that confidence is such a personal thing. Um, and where you find it is very personal. And I think that um, listening to other women who have found where they found their confidence is really important because that might work for you. It might not work for you. Um, I think that, yeah, finding like that piece of clothing or sometimes it's finding a person that helps you feel oh. comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Um, and finding your people. And I honestly, don't know that I really felt alive as a, as an individual until I found the, my nerd community. Um, I worked in a very corporate setting. Um, what I could and could not do was very buttoned up. Um, I had to be a certain person. And then when that no longer dictated my life mm-hmm. and I was able to be, let my nerd flag fly and meet my Harry Potter family and my cosplay family. Um, I think I I tapped into a part of myself that I mm-hmm. never really knew was there. Um, and people that knew me in my twenties probably would have told you that I seemed very confident because um, I am a, just an outgoing person by nature. But that I think there's a big difference between being outgoing and being confident in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And I think people mistake that often for being the same thing and they see someone who's very outgoing and they assume that they're very confident in who they are and that's not necessarily the case 
Um, I, I noticed about myself, I am also a very outgoing person. And so when I say those kinds of things, people also are like, what are you talking about? You talk to everybody. Do you ever find, I realized this about myself, that one of the reasons I'm so outgoing is so I can have more control over the conversation or what I'm, you know, how I'm being projected. It's so much harder for me to sit back and wait to be talked to or you know for someone to surprise me with a question or something so if i'm the one that's like ah, la, 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 then no <laughs> and i'm asking them questions constantly asking them questions about themselves i am truly curious about other people but then they never have time to ask me a question i think that's very i think that's a lot of people's defense mechanism yeah um I think I, I naturally am very self-deprecating um, <laughs> with two older brothers. If I said it about myself, then it wouldn't hurt as much when they said it. Mm. Um, so I naturally joke or pick on myself. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a trait that I've worked very hard to not do as much as I used to um, because it's not good for anyone's self-esteem to pick on yourself. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, I think that, a lot of people, especially people that might not feel like they fit the stereotypical idea of beauty or things like that. And I think plus size women, we struggle with not being what the world has said is beautiful, beautiful, quote unquote, for such a long time that we find ways to try to deflect attention from ourselves instead of yeah. bringing attention onto the things that are make us amazing people. Yeah. I also think when it comes to today's world and your own confidence, that it's super easy to fall into the trap of following people on Instagram or Twitter or mainly Instagram because it's such a visual platform. People that you aspire to or that you think you should look like because when your feed is filled with I don't even know who, cause I don't follow those people, but like Kardashians and skinny actresses. And I don't even know who, if you, that's all you're looking at all day, every single time that picture comes up, you're going to be like, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And it really can mess with your head. I and none of those pictures are raw. <laughs> every single picture that one of those celebrities puts up has been Photoshopped. I'm not going to say that I don't Photoshop a lot of my own photos, but <laughs> look, yeah. who doesn't want to make a pimple go away. But right. when people think that that's the stereotype of beauty and then they look in the mirror and they don't see it, you have to remember that's like, what is it called? Facetuned and, you know, that's definitely a Photoshop photo. Yeah, or they've been throwing up for a week or they haven't eaten in a month or, I mean, who even knows what, you know. Yeah. A lot of, because you don't see uh, a lot of actresses or actors in between their movies, a lot of them blow up between and then like crash diet to get into some crazy side. It, it, the whole thing is nuts. And I always say on my uh, YouTube show, when you're standing in the checkout line and you see that magazine with Scar Jo, who I love, but oh my God, she's teeny tiny, you know, whoever on Cosmo, look around the grocery store and try to find one woman that looks like that and you can't because it's not real it's not well, real and even like the people in my own life who are very thin um they work very hard at it yeah and i'm lazy and i don't <laughs> like, like 
if I went to the gym five days a week and only ate kale, I could look something like that. Probably. I don't know. I've never tried it, but <laughs> I think that like, it's, I, when we talk about body inclusivity and, and I mean, it's, it's absolutely wonderful that some people are very into fitness. Um, and that's awesome. And that is their life journey. It's not mine. Um, and I, I think that, and there's a huge movement of the fitness in cosplay and that's fantastic. And I think it's gotten a lot of people healthy in their lives by being encouraged by other cosplayers who are very into fitness, but I don't want it our community to feel like you have to be into fitness to be into cosplay, but it's absolutely okay to be exactly who you are and yes. put on a costume. Yes, um, exactly who you are. I, there, I think that there's, there's amazing positive things about both aspects of that cosplay culture of the fitness aspect. And I think, look, I could use to be a little more fit. I probably could. My doctor would love it, but am <laughs> I going to give up the wine? Definitely not. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I've accepted it. it. I am who I am. <laughs> I'm, I would not be as fun without the wine. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> we all have to have something. But it, I, I think that when we talk about body positivity, we have to touch on both. I think yeah. that, um, and I think it's, yes, that is amazing. But I think it's also so important that people like, you and I talk about how amazing it is to just be comfortable in your own skin, exactly Absolutely. how you are. Absolutely. Um, and that you don't have to be into fitness to be a cosplayer. You don't have to be a certain size to be a certain character. You just right. have to cosplay is as simple as this. You put on a costume, you're a cosplayer. <laughs> I don't care if you bought it, you made it. If it, if it's all from your Amazon cart, you put on a costume, you're a cosplayer. You don't have mm -hmm. to work at it. I mean, if you want to hone your skills and become more of a seamstress or that's awesome too. But if you just want to buy something from Spirit Halloween and go to a convention, you're a cosplayer too. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't Okay, that's my TED talk for today. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you love the reaction you get though from people who I mean, like me, I am a like a fangirl for cosplayers. Every everybody I see, I'm like, oh my god, look at you, look at you, look at you. People, you make people happy, you know, when you cosplay. People like little kids, they love it. Everybody loves it. Absolutely, and and I know I've not had a lot of content during COVID. Um, I've had a lot of friends in the cosplay community who have taken this time to do all kinds of costumes in their own homes, and but for me. Cosplay without the social aspect is not, I don't find joy in it without being around my friends in costume and being around other people. My, my joy in putting on a costume and going to a convention or going to what we call um, home cons with my group of friends where we all just get together and take photos of each other. Yeah. Um, with, but cosplay for me is a social hobby. Um, and, and so it's been a weird time to be a cosplayer in a world without conventions in 2020. Yeah. Um, and I haven't had content on my page because I have not felt, I've not found a, um, 
the motivation to do so. And I think that that's okay too, because like you said, I feed off of seeing other people in their costumes and everyone fanning, like <laughs> fangirling over each other's outfits and things yeah. like that. Just being around the people that I love while wearing costume. Um, and and we, we, don't, we have not gotten that in 2020, unfortunately. No. And like, and you know, and everybody's got to deal with it their own way. I remember in the beginning of quarantine, you know, how many of us felt like, oh my gosh, I should be, you know, I'm stuck at home. I should be doing this or this or this. Thank goodness there were people to come out and say like, hey, don't feel like you have to be super productive right now. We're in quarantine. We've never had to do this before. This is weird. It's you know, I mean, how many people... <laughs> I, you know, I went back to therapy during quarantine. I added another med during quarantine. I did whatever I had to do because there came a point where I was just so low. And I think it's because like you, I love the social aspect of cons and seeing my friends and, you know, in all the movies I was looking forward to coming out, weren't coming out and I wasn't going to them with my friends and it just, yeah, it all kind of fell apart. So I feel like we're kind of, you know, we're, we're all learning our way of dealing with it. And if, and like you, if it's social and you're not into it, man, I mean, why I also am very bad at taking photos of myself and I live alone. So <laughs> unless I can train my cats to become photographers, I just don't see that content coming out anytime soon. Bluetooth remote. I know, but I just can't. Yeah. They're I understand. I know. I know. And I have one of those, but I'm really bad at it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need someone to tell me to pop my hip or put that elbow out. <laughs> I need I need my con moms to mm-hmm. stage me for mm-hmm. it to look good. <laughs> so as the introvert and Ravenclaw of this group, yes. I definitely like to see like all the sides because I don't think it's not necessarily even just the people that are, like do it for the social thing. I think this time period has also kind of like I know I was just creatively done. I like had to take a break. It's one of the reasons we created the uh, Back to Hogwarts Magic Challenge. It was like a jump start because I was like I need something to be excited for and to want to create again and when we started that, like today is the last day of it. And it's been amazing just because seeing everyone else, like be excited for something again. And although it's not something we're all going to get together, it's been fun to watch people. And like, I've met new people through it and been able to like expand my creativity and work on my photography. And prior to this month, I was just like, "Um, I don't have a desire. I have a cosplay that's in my closet that I don't even care to look at or work on because it's just depressing to do that. When you don't know when you're gonna wear it. I like can't work on something when I don't have a deadline. Con cruncher in me. Terrible habit of con crunching. I'm not like you, I'm a a planner. I (laughs) I know there's con crunchers. I plan for a living. I plan other people's lives for a living. Mm. So then when it comes to my own, it's kind of a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Because I plan all day. Um, there's been amazing challenges. Um, there's the, been the back to Hogwarts one. Um, and then there was the chocolate frog cards that people mm. did. And there was a Patronus one that happened. 
Hmm? There was a Patronus one and it was like really Patronus. like pushing people on skills to like yes. do the editing. I was supposed to do all of those <laughs> and just, but you know what? I had to tell myself that like, if I wasn't feeling it, then it, I didn't have to make it to make other people happy. If it wasn't something that wasn't going to make me happy in that moment. Like that's okay. Um, I loved seeing everyone else's content and um, for all of those things. And I think they have a, a ghost, a wizard ghost, or did they already do the ghost? They already that did one's the already been done. They did the wizard ghost. There's another challenge that they have coming up um, as well. I know the Greg who lives had it on his um, Instagram story. I think it's just witches and wizards. It's wizards day. Cause it was up the Hobbit's day was the inspiration. So they created their own wizards day. I think it's going to be October 7. Which I think cool. it's going to be after this. Yeah. This comes out. And it'll but be before this. those are amazing. I think those have been great things for people to look forward to. Um, but it's also okay. If you don't have the motivation to do that right now, we're living in crazy times. Oh, so true. So true. Well, yeah, because you don't want to take the joy out of it. You know, you don't want to like force yourself to do something and then it's not fun anymore. Yeah. I think the most important thing that any cosplayer should remember is cosplay should always be fun. It literally yes. has the word play in the name. And if you're not <laughs> having fun doing it, you need to reevaluate why or yeah. how you cosplay. Um, because more than anything, it should just be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are you like uh, me and everyone else? Do you have like 20 different cosplays that are always living in your head that you're going to do someday? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm always looking for fabric for things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my 13th doctor has been, I've been collecting pieces for like two years. <laughs> uh, I saw a really good 13th doctor at the Renaissance Fair. Our Renaissance Fair does a weekend um where you can it like embraces all fandoms you know so you don't have to just just ren you can you can be doctor who or harry potter or star trek or whatever and it was awesome because there was like a mandalorian and a 13th doctor and somebody from halo and then harry potter like all kinds of people it was great um there will be a mcgonagall cosplay one of these days um Mm. i have very detailed photos of her costumes that were at the studio tour in london um, I'm just searching for the right fabric and have been for a while now. Um, I think that that's the hard part for me. And a lot of times is I have a lot that I would like to make, but you have to find the, the fabric or the material or I, I want a new umbrage suit so bad and I can't find pink tweed to save my life. And <laughs> cause I have, um, out plus sized my, my, my current Dolores Umbridge outfit. I was um, much thinner when I first started cosplaying and created that Umbridge cosplay. But I also, and I don't know if you ever do this, Nancy, I am a big fan of the concept cosplay, like mm. taking a character and doing a twist on it or doing something different with it. Um, I really want to do, I, I want to uh-huh. do Ren Fair Trelawney. Yes, that would be amazing. I just feel like it, it belongs together. It belongs together. Just like I felt like punk, punk Professor Umbridge just needed to happen. Ooh. And and it's still one of the fav- my favorite things I've ever done. I loved that one. 
that's awesome. Yeah, I want to. I am not that creative. Uh, I am such a like, I joke with my kids, like I'm not very good at thinking outside the box. If you show me the box, I will think the hell out of the inside of that box. <laughs> but I'm not going to think my way outside that box. I'm very much a rule follower. So like if if it's not, you know what I mean? Like I I'm I would never think of a Ren Fair Trelawney or a punk umbridge. That's so awesome. I Those think we just I have big fat tattoos. <laughs> big fat tattoos everywhere. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I think one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to these like concept cosplays is I feel less, and this is all in my own head mainly, um, less judgment um, of like screen accuracy. Like I don't feel like someone's like, oh, that's a chubby, this character. It's just because it's a more creative take. And not that people are saying that, but it's hard to, to get those voices out of your head sometimes. And yeah. so if, you, if my cosplay is more creative or something kind of out of the box like that, I think that people, I feel like people are more intrigued by it and it's not, they're like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I see what you are. And so I just, I get yeah. a, a lot of joy out of that. That's yeah. cool. I think where my Ren Fair Trelawney idea came from. So one of my favorite cosplays, I'm not comfortable cosplaying. The one I'm working on is like so out there for me. I'm working on a golden snitch. That's like corset, tutu, all of it. I can't Um, wait. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm nervous about it. But the one cosplay that I love wearing and I'm very comfortable in it is I did a green arrow but I did a gender bend so it is a green corset green skirt um like full on and and I'm so comfortable in it and I was like thinking about I'm like I could do something Harry Potter with this same thing because now I tend to go to more Harry Potter conventions than general conventions I still do Mm -hmm. the other ones but not quite as much or not in a group that the green arrow just thrown in is a little random. But so I kind of want to take that because I am so comfortable in it and turn it into Trelawney. And I also already have the glasses because I did a doctor who one. So I have round prescription glasses because for me, I have to be able to see. So it's, so like with the green arrow, I have green glasses and I just do green eyeshadow. Like I don't wear a mask. I just stick with what I already have on my face. That is cool. I did a thank you Zenny for cheap glasses not a sponsor I did a um pinup green arrow to meet Stephen Amell um I don't know that I even have that on my page uh because I was just um in photo like ops in lines with Stephen Amell all day um but I and I love your green arrow Danny so much I think that Anytime I can put a corset on anything, I feel more comfortable. I just feel like I stand taller. I feel better. Because you can't slouch. Um, yes. I also put spanks under almost everything, too. Um, and even if someone's like, you don't really, it's not a need thing always. It's a, it's a comfort thing. Well, and I like um, the spanks not necessarily to make me thinner, just to smooth, you know. Smooth. Yeah. And to make my thighs not rub together. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs chub rub. Oh, there's a, also not sponsored. There's a thing called Glide. You can order it off of Amazon and it is a chub rub stick for your inner thighs. And I highly recommend it. 
although we're getting out of this, we're moving towards fall and winter. We're, but in places like Florida, you wear shorts year long, year round. So that's one thing I've gotten used to because before I moved here, I did not wear shorts, and that's all I wear now. I wasn't comfortable in shorts. Yeah, really, I get that. Well, good for you. So, and I think that's a big deal. Absolutely, one of my favorite human best friends lost a lot of weight due to some medical stuff. And I stayed with her for two weeks. So I ended up with all her larger size clothing and I found shorts I liked. And then I went on Old Navy's website and ordered all the colors. <laughs> exactly. You find something you like, you buy it in every color. And like Old Navy, you can't find larger sizes on in store. Don't try to go to an Old Navy outlet. You're not going to find above a size large. You like sell out. Sometimes the regular stores you do better, but all the outlets yeah, I've ever been to. Not really. Um, if you go to the regular store, you can get an XL and sometimes a 2X. Um, you just got to be lucky. Larger size range online. Yeah. I am probably a walking, talking Old Navy ad um, because I like that I can get a lot of quantity mm. for my money. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, they're linen shorts. They're drawstring. They have the oh, elastic bands. I have a bands. pair of those. I like those. Nope, that is my wardrobe. Yeah. They have fun colors. Awesome. So, yeah, and I think that, like, yes, you find something you love and you just go with it. But it's a huge – I think finding a pair of shorts you love is a huge deal. And I hope, like, I'm so excited for you. I It's that or overalls. <laughs> oh, yeah, you love some overalls. um i love a pair of jean shorts now and i love some jorts and i am a strong believer in thick thighs save lives and (laughs) so um, we're moving into cooler weather which means i'm going to go into my uh fall wardrobe which is leggings and oversized something sweater t-shirt flannel Leggings, oversized top. <laughs> Although, you know, I used to wear really, when I was growing up, I wore really baggy stuff because I didn't like how I looked. Um, but now, the, it's so crazy. I'm older and bigger than I was when I was younger, but I think I look fantastic. And so You're I actually... gorgeous. <laughs> thank you. I actually am now uncomfortable in big and baggy tops or shorts because I'm like nobody can see my waist or like the other stuff I have going on whereas when I was thinner I thought I was huge and fat and ugly and didn't walk out the door unless I was wearing like a 3XL sweatshirt it's so it to me that just proves like so much of it is in your head like you said you're happier now being bigger than you were yeah yeah. it's a fine line between baggy and oversized in my mind like I like like the long like, you know, you can't, my butt is, it's covering my butt in leggings. Um, hits, my mom believes that leggings are not pants. I feel very strongly that they are. Yes. They're compromises. Your butt should be covered. So, <laughs> yes. And yes, I'm a 33-year-old woman that still cares about what my mother thinks. I'm Southern. It's what we do. <laughs> I don't think we ever get over that. That's hard. No, That's yeah. probably the hardest hardest thing ever (laughs) yeah see I prefer a fitted shirt and sadly my favorite store known as JC Penney's is not doing very great 
And there, what I found from them, which is goes with my linen shorts, is their men's section Arizona tees because they're longer. Mm-hmm. Get the length better on them. And so they look I just wear, like any girl shirt, but they're five bucks. And they're I just wear neutral any colors. Store that has tall. I order all my shirts in tall. Although I'm I'm only five six, so I'm not really like what you would consider tall. But if the store makes something in tall, I will order it in tall to give me more length. Hannah, you just blew my mind. I'm only five one, but I it kills me when I find a top that hits me in exactly the right spot on my hips. And then it just shrinks up like just the right amount that now I'm like, now you can see my belly. I don't want you yeah. to see my belly. I have never thought of buying the tall. Yep. You're a genius. You're a genius. I, this is not just a hat rack. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think like plus size clothes are getting better with this, but for the longest time, what they would do is they would add width, yeah. but not length. And keep it the same length. Absolutely. I have, I, what bothers, it's getting a lot better, but a problem that I also had in plus size is for some reason the arms would be insanely long. Yeah. And it's like, I don't understand why you think my, I don't have short arms, but why you think that my arms should be so long when mm-hmm. my body is this proportion. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in a plus size, you're bigger. You're not necessarily bigger all over, you know? No, everyone and, carries their weight differently. Right. And that's one of the things I like about Torrid is it still has a shape. Absolutely. It's not just they added a bunch of fabric to make it however much bigger. No one looks like that. <laughs> no. I, I love Torrid. Again, not oh. sponsored, but we really I, should be, Nancy. We, should we really be. should be. I love their <laughs> leggings. I would die. Their <laughs> leggings really are awesome. Die. Uh, but I think that we live in the best time for plus-size clothing that there has been in a very long time. Because you have yeah. Torrid, you have City Chic, you have Eloquy, oh. um, and <laughs> stores like Target have a larger plus-size section, and it's cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all just frumpy and you have to cover your body up because you're larger. Oh, the, the floral moomoos. Oh. <laughs> I mean, how many years did we just have like floral moomoos around? Like, I don't like floral. Like, oh, I'm one of no. the, I can't. Mm-mm. I don't really like floral either. No. Um, I like flowers I outside. Caftan, I'll order a caftan, but <laughs> I don't need everything I wear to be a caftan. <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, Nancy. Before we I'm gonna end up rerouting us to some random Harry Potter questions. But before we do that, is there anything else you would like to discuss? And if there is anything you want to deep dive into, we can bring you back later. You know, I don't know. We've talked about so many great things. And I, one of the things that I really love about Instagram is finding other people who share the same message. Um, And that's one of the things I try, like I have a friend who's very into clothes and makeup, but there's so many times that she won't wear something or do something because she's like, oh no, I'm too big for that or I'm whatever. And and then I see her scrolling and I'm like, who are you even following on here? Who are these supermodels that you're, why are you doing this? Like find the fun people, find the good fun people, you know, find your tribe, like don't, what are you doing? 
And I think that's so important, like to not be afraid to say, I don't need that. Like, I don't have to aspire to that. You know, that doesn't make me happy. That's really, that's what I love the most about connecting with people on Instagram. People can make my day sometimes when I check my DMs or whatever and I get a really sweet message. It's like, oh, it's just, it's great. It's a great feeling. It is. And Hannah's one of those great people. We had the first time we had Hannah on is we had her with Dank and we actually did a full episode on body positivity in cosplay specifically. Cool. Very cool. I I put a lot of cat content out into the world <laughs> on my stories. Um, so there can't be enough for- cat content. The more, the better. Uh, no, I, I I love being able to share with people who have made my life so much better. Um, and that's definitely my cosplay family and the Harry Potter community and the cosplay community. And um, if people want to stick around for my um, insane dating stories and my cat, and a lot of cat, cat content, <laughs> so that's what I'm here for. <laughs> So one of the side comments I've had this whole, because I know you've cosplayed Umbridge, is that you have this China cabinet behind you. And I'm just like, oh, it's so very Umbridge of you to have a China cabinet with teak. That's so true. Yes, my my fine China behind me. I need you to my, do a photo shoot with your China and cabinet. And your cabinet. I was queen of my hometown in college and the crown and scepters in there. There it is. Um, but yes, I... This is where I sit to do all of my work uh, Zoom calls because it's less likely to have a cat jump on me. Um, <laughs> I opened a window so they would leave us alone this evening. So they're, they're, they're just staring out the window. <laughs> all right, Nancy. So um, because we don't have Steven today, these are all opinion-based and there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> I haven't heard these questions, so I might think there's a right or wrong answer. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> We've already com- covered who your favorite Dumbledore is, so we don't have to go into that. So true. All right. So favorite and least favorite book and movie. Not necessarily like I hate this, but maybe like, because everyone always gets a little weird when we say least favorite. And it's more so maybe the Harry Potter book. I have Potter no problem book. saying okay. my least favorite. Yeah. It's, we think of it more like the one you don't really go back to. Yeah, it that there's two that my least favorite I would say is Half Blood Prince. <clears throat> because Wait, book or movie? Book. I'm sorry. Well, oh. both. <laughs> Definitely book. Um, I always felt that it was such a placeholder that it didn't really have its own story, um, and that it was just so much connective tissue between the other things. And I also felt like by that point, uh, no one was editing because she was making so much money. They just let her write as much as she wanted. <laughs> um, I, I just really didn't like that book. And I also didn't like that it, uh, the opening of it um, with the prime minister. I don't know, for some reason that book, like in all, uh, in, and this might be my age also, but all the teen romance and drama and stuff, See, I think that's why it was always my favorite. (laughs) I've heard other people say that too, but I was just like, give me a break (laughs) when I was reading it. But angsty Harry. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, he's very, well, he's angsty the whole last three, if we're real honest. Yeah, but this is like, I'm diving into the angst. Yeah, Order of the Phoenix, so. to me, is where he's the angstiest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that too. that's personally always been my least favorite book um, because I was just mad at Harry the whole time because he wasn't doing what he should be doing and he was so angsty. And yeah. I feel like Nancy is about to say that's her favorite. That's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a, it's such a um, not, I don't know what the opposite of noble is. It's not a noble reason, but it's my favorite. It's my favorite because... Harry was trying to tell people the whole time what the hell was really going on and no one would listen to him and Fudge was smoothing over the whole thing and then in the end, he was right. He was right. And he it's got all about the pettiness. You're like, because he was right. I will say I like it more as an adult than I did reading it as a teenager. As a teenager, I was just so frustrated with Harry. Um, as an adult, adult I do appreciate like when I reread it now I like it so much more than I did when I first read it that's interesting um, yeah. and I, I, I love I love Umbridge I love to hate Umbridge um, mm-hmm. she's a really well crafted character she is she really but is. that's probably why my oh, favorite movie is really hard for me least favorite movie is way easier than favorite in my opinion which which one is your least favorite movie Goblet of Fire, because I just get so mad at everything that's not in it. <laughs> yeah. Toss-up for me, it, it's almost a toss-up between Goblet of Fire and Half-Blood Prince, but definitely Goblet of Fire, because I felt like, um, was it Mike? It wasn't Mike Nichols. Was it Mike Nichols, the director? Who was the director of that one? It wasn't the usual director. <clears throat> I felt uh, like we took this weird side trip into camp campy 80s movies or 70s movies it's very campy and they had the long hair and and it's the the, year that no one cut their hair yes and just and like you said all the things that weren't in it um and Beaubaton and Durmstrang I mean come on (laughs) so I don't mind that part of it um because I think it's very beautiful visually visually yes visually um, I don't like that they made them individually boys schools and girls schools because they, they weren't I, in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just mainly, everything that they left out that was so important to the story moving forward right. um, is what always bothered me personally. Yeah. But I could rant on that for a very long time. <laughs> so yeah, that, and I'm trying to think what my favorite movie is. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. That is really hard because one of the interesting things about the movies is that they each they each have their own character to them, their own, you know what I mean? And it, part of it's the direction that there are different directors, but they each kind of seem to be their own style. So I don't know what my, my favorite would probably either be the first Deathly Hallows or Azkaban. So I... I would say the movie I've seen the most would be the first Deathly Hollows mm-hmm. um, because it's my plane movie. It's what I watch on airplanes. Ah. Uh, so it's always downloaded on my iPad mm-hmm. because it's not so loud. It's like, it's a very quiet movie, especially for a Harry Potter movie. It doesn't really get yeah. very action yeah. until the end. Um, and that is so definitely my most watched film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, I, my my least favorite book is probably my favorite movie. 
Um, it, and so it has to be Order of the Phoenix because Umbridge is just so spectacular <laughs> in that film. And I think it, they just, I think it was, I love it. I, uh, I can't say enough. There are a lot of good things in that movie, yeah. Yes. I think that the reason it's not my favorite is I've never been a big fan of serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a hot take. This community. And uh, I don't know. As, so I don't, I'm not saying I disagree, but those are that, That's one of the things reading the books as an adult. I think I would have had a very different opinion of him if I had read it as like a kid or a teenager. As an adult, I was like, this guy, come on. Like, you got your problems. Take him somewhere else. Why are you putting it on Harry? You know, but I think the movie had a little bit too much serious and a little bit too much Michael Gambon in it for me to choose it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Richard Harris forever. <laughs> All right. So if you attended Hogwarts, who would you hang out with? And this could be any generation of the characters. So any it could generation. be. Like it could be McGonagall when she was at Hogwarts, but who would be your like friend group? Not not because you want to hang out with them, but because you're like, yeah, these are my people. Like well, Neville's my people. Aww. You and Neville would have dated and it would have been adorable. <laughs> we both love plants. <laughs> I probably would have ended up hanging out with Hermione because I was uh, like a super student. Like I was all about the grades when I was in school. Um, but I would have wanted to hang out with the Weasley twins. That's who mm. I would have wanted to hang out. I don't know if, if you I would have been, been like a Weasley twin groupie. I would have been because <laughs> they were super cool and super fun. And I feel like they would have been able to get me lots of food when I wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> or just hang out with anyone in Hufflepuff. They'll get you the food too. True. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's who I would try to hang out love it. <laughs> Danny Neville would be your people. Me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ne- oh, yeah. Neville and, I feel like you and Neville and Luna would be like besties. Probably. I have, Neville's always been one of my favorite characters. I just, I relate to him on many levels of like being a little odd, not quite easily making friends, taking a little longer to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we love plants. I mean, in my office alone, I think there's three plants in here now. There's usually another one, but this is how much I love plants. He is currently relocated for the day so he could get more sun. Um, I can't keep plants alive, and also my cats eat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My plant that's on vacation would actually be toxic to your cats. Um, but they they uh, eat any plant I do bring into my home. Um, I don't know who I'd hang out with. Kind of sounds like you'd want to hang out with Umbridge. No, <laughs> I I don't. I hate her. I love her aesthetic. <laughs> you love to hate her. Oh, you love I her. I love that everything is pink and covered in cats. Her office is so awesome. And I love that she is quietly evil, but very evil. She reminds me of my junior year English teacher who could like crush your dreams, but in the sweetest little Southern accent in the whole world. 
Like, so I think that like Umbridge has always kind of been tied to that person in my head. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I, think, um, I probably want to hang out with, um, I think I'd want to go back to like McGonagall's day and be like her friend. Like she'd be the athletic one and I'd be the one that would like teach her how to be normal around people. <laughs> that's good but I'm just feeling yeah. very McGonagall these days that's okay we need more McGonagall in our lives these days God, true. true have a biscuit potter yeah. <laughs> Stevens has one of my favorite answers and it's very true if you know him or have heard from him you don't even have to know him to know it's right is his people are Lavender and Parvati because he loves a good bit of gossip. Oh, it's so true. I actually probably, if I, if I was in the, the golden trio era, 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 um, I probably would have been friends with Lavender Brown, like the gossipy boy, crazy girl, if I'm real honest, like, and it's not very cool to say, but totally accurate. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because I would have been so boy crazy just like her. I would have been chasing around the Weasley twins because I love some gingers. <laughs> <laughs> any any British gingers out there looking for a girlfriend? Hit me up <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and where can we find you on Instagram, Hannah? Uh, at Hannah W. Cosplay. And Nancy, can we have a reminder of where we can find you on the socials? Not necessarily so you can get yourself a British ginger. <laughs> uh, I would take Jamie Fraser from Outlander as a Ooh, British mm, ginger. Mm. Scottish, close enough. Um, I am at Plus Size Nerd on Instagram. I'm probably on Instagram more than any of the other social platforms. Uh, so if someone wanted to get in touch with me, that would be the best way. And then, because I almost skipped over it, and I would get in trouble if I did. Do you guys have any creator shout-outs? Any people you're just enjoying what they're creating? I have two that I'm going to shout-out. Um, Celeb Mar- I don't know that I'm, I'm going to butcher the way that you say this, because I really don't know how. Um, Celeb Merle, um, it's C-E-L-E-B-R-I-R-R-I. Uh, L something like that. Um, we'll tag Daniel tag it. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, she is uh, Crystal. She is a sh- uh, North Carolina based cosplayer and she's putting out tons of amazing witchy content right now. She's an incredible person. Um, and I, I just think that her cosplay deserves all the attention and she's an incredible human being. And then my, one of my favorite British um, Harry Potter slash cosplayer people is the Weezing Weasley, Hannah at the Weezing Weasley. Um, I'm very sad I will not be seeing her in England this year because of COVID-19. But if you're not following her, she puts out amazing, wonderful Harry Potter content. Um, I I'll do two. One of them is Sartorial Geek, which you probably are familiar with. I don't know. I just uh, got their most recent quarterly magazine in the mail. It's the first issue I've ever gotten. They are super cool. And they do a lot of um, nerd bounding kind of stuff. 
and they had a, a fashion challenge over the summer that I followed that was a lot of fun. Again, I was too lazy to actually partake, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I loved seeing the, the different um, outfits people came up with and they really feature a lot of their followers and readers and stuff. So I really like Sartorial Geek. And then the other would be, oh my gosh, I had it, no, oh, Tipsy Wizards. Do you guys follow Tipsy Wizards? Yes, yes. Savannah and... Um, I can't remember. Shelby. <laughs> Shelby, I, Shelby is literally Shelby. one of my roommates in Dragon Con. I can't believe I just fell <laughs> oh, down. I'm blaming the wine, Shelby. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> I love them. I love them. They're always so upbeat and chill and their stuff is gorgeous it's just gorgeous and i like i didn't know there was the cauldron pub in new york till i saw their stuff and i went and i didn't know about the exhibit at the historical society until i saw their stuff so i went um so i i really enjoy their stuff too shelby and savannah are incredible creators and yeah. amazing people and there's no better witchy content out there that is also boozy. Yes. So. <laughs> boozy witchy content, what we're here for. <laughs> Hashtag my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shout out, and I just recently found her through the Back to Hogwarts Magic hashtag, was uh, Magic with Lena. She's a digital creator and she's been doing some really cool edits this whole, be, be on this month, but I've been really aware of them this month. Um, and it's just fun. She did one today with like the Weasley's fireworks because our theme today was mischief managed. Uh, that's cool. cool. I'll so, check that out. So that is mine. And thank you guys both for joining me today. This was thank a lot of fun. Anytime. You so, can tell Stephen that he was properly represented with uh, shout outs about dating and um, and Dumbledore opinions. 